The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. Christianity is an inside job, not an outside job. You can't say, I want to sort myself out before I come. No, no, come just as you are. Are you following what I'm saying? Come with your weakness. Come with your challenges. Come with everything. Because Christianity is an inside job. That's why the Holy Spirit dwells in you. Not on you. In you. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Christ in you. Christ is in you. Somebody said, oh pastor, if Christ is in me, why am I still struggling with watching things that are not glorified or edified? Well, that's the works of the flesh. All right, if you're ready for the word, please turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Revelations, chapter 5, verse 12. The book of Revelations, chapter 5, verse 12. Read is a saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And we are blessed by the reading of God's word. I'm continuing with my series that I have titled Slain to Receive Our Eternal Redemption. And this is part three. Jesus Christ died for you and I and because of his death and his resurrection he has given us hope for the future he has given us the confidence that tomorrow is going to be a brighter day irrespective of what happens we know without a shadow of doubt that we are going to end up in eternity with him but in as much as Christ died on the cross for us, if you don't know what Jesus did for you 2,000 years ago, you cannot appropriate the blessing or the packages in what he has done for you. Let me give you an example. Assuming I transfer 10,000 pounds into your bank account and I don't tell you and you don't check it, you will never know that you have money in your bank account. Is that right? Even though there's money there, you will never know because you did not check it, and so you will never know. That's what's happening to many Christians. Many Christians don't know what Jesus did for us 2,000 years ago. It's not that he has not done it. He has done it, but because we don't have the knowledge, 
because we have not checked what he did for us, we don't know what we have in Christ Jesus. Somewhere along this year, I'll be taking time to teach on a series that I've titled, In Him. In Him. In other words, in Christ. So that we can know what we have in Christ Jesus. Now, Jesus died so that you and I will receive our eternal redemption. That's why the Bible says in the book of Colossians chapter 2 from verse 13 to 15 the Bible says and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him. Now it says has he quickened talking about the past has he quickened together with him Having forgiven you, how many? How many? How many? All what? Oh, this is powerful. Having forgiven all, not some, all your trespasses and my trespasses. What is a trespass? When you see a sign on a piece of property, maybe they'll say, this is a government property. Do not trespass. In other words, don't go on it. Don't venture. Don't try to build anything on it. It doesn't belong to you. Now, what Jesus is saying is that all your trespasses, which you are going to trespass in the future, You haven't trespassed yet. All the ones you are going to trespass, guess what? He said he has forgiven you all of them. But the only way you are going to know that he has forgiven you all your trespasses is when you have knowledge of what he did for you on the cross. Verse 14, it says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. If you just know this one scripture alone as a Christian, that's it for you. Just this one verse alone. If you don't know anything in the Bible, if you know just one verse alone, that's it. Your Christian life, all your challenges is sorted. The Bible says, oh, he blotted the blotting out of the handwriting of ordinances that were against us. In other words, all the evil things the devil wrote about you. And guess what he used to blot them? His blood. The blood of Jesus is the eraser that erased all the ordinances, all the writings of the devil against you now in the past, now and in the future. He blot out all those handwritings of ordinances 
that was against us, which was contrary to us. In other words, those handwritings were against us. The purpose of his writing is against us. How many of you, I mean, when you, when you went to school, your teacher uses blue pen, black pen, and red pen. And when the teacher takes out the red pen, you know what it means. Red pen is always naughty. When they use red pen to write in your report card, that means you are a very naughty girl at school. <laughs> or a very naughty boy. So every time when the head teacher is marking or the head, the teacher is marking your, your report, we are all looking. Which pen is he using? Blue, black, or red? When he takes the red pen, you know that's for you, you are finished. So the devil used the red pen to write things contrary against us. But look at what Jesus also did. The Bible says that, and Jesus took what the devil has written, he took it out of the way, guess what? Nailing it to the cross. Amen. Say a good amen to that. Amen. Say a good amen to that. Amen. He nailed it to what? To the cross. And having spoiled, oh, the Bible is so sweet. And having spoiled, how many? All principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it. So he took care of this publicly. This fight was public. It was not a secret fight. It was a public show. You know, when we were young, we used to go to the movies. And before they start the movie, there's something called free show. How many of you used to watch that? Free show. And the free show is for everybody. So the free show is about maybe 10 minutes or 15 minutes. They, They show just pieces of movies they are going to show the following few weeks. So they'll show you a little bit free show to whet your appetite so next week you can come back. Those were the days we used to watch uh, Bruce Lee and all those stuff. Praise God. <laughs> oh, praise God. Yeah, I, I mean, those of you who never watch free show, you don't, you don't know what life really is. So the free show, they open the door. Everybody comes in. They'll show 15 minutes. And then after free show is finished, they turn off the lights now. You have to go out and only those who have tickets now, who have paid to watch today's movie, are allowed in. Now guess what? This movie was not a paid movie. It was a free show. Oh God, help them. It was a free show. When Jesus was beating the devil, it was a free show. It was open to the whole public. Both saved and unsaved. It was open for the whole public to see what he did. And the Bible says that triumphing over them in it. So Jesus took care of it for you 2,000 years ago. You're sorted. I said, You're sorted. I said, You are sorted. 
Why don't you say this one? Say, I am sorted. So when the devil dangle his little sins before you, say, devil, I'm sorted. I'm all right, mate. I don't need this. I'm already sorted. So Jesus took care of it openly. Jesus made a public show of the devil so that you and I can experience the freedom that he purchased for us. And it gets even good. Listen. When Jesus was triumphing over the devil 2,000 years ago, you and I were in Christ Jesus. Hmm. This is too good. You and I were where? We were inside of him. Let me give you an example. When a baby is inside the mother's womb, they are more protected than when they are outside. For instance, when the baby is inside the mother's womb, and the mother is going out and it's snowing like it snowed now, the snow doesn't touch the baby. Who does the snow hit? The mother. But when the baby is outside of the mother now, the baby has been born now, and they are going out and it's snowing, the snow hits the baby. Right or wrong? Now, guess what? We were in him. We were in Christ when he was triumphing over the devil. We saw what happened. We saw the victory. We experienced everything. Glory be to God. That's why the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 verse 11. Listen to this carefully. It says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Christ Jesus from the dead dwell where? Dwell where? Now, listen carefully. The same spirit that resurrected Jesus from the dead dwells where? It doesn't dwell outside of you. It dwells inside of you. That same spirit is in you. It says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwell in you. That's why Christianity is an inside job, not an outside job. You can't say, I want to sort myself out before I come. No, no. Come just as you are. Are you following what I'm saying? Come with your weakness. Come with your challenges. Come with everything. Because Christianity is an inside job. That's why the Holy Spirit dwells in you. Not on you. In you. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Christ in you. Christ is in you. Somebody said, oh pastor, if Christ is in me, why am I still struggling with watching things that are not glorified or edified? Well, that's the works of the flesh. That's the works of the flesh. Because remember, the more you feed the flesh, the flesh will be stronger than the spirit. 
Are you following what I'm saying? That's why you need to feed the spirit more. You say, how? By coming to the house of God. By studying the word. By staying in fellowship. That's the only way out. Are you following what I'm saying? The only way out is to stay in fellowship. If you are not in fellowship, you have to stay in communion with the Holy Spirit. Communion. Communion. Fellowship. Intimate fellowship. And the more you do that, what you are doing is you are constantly feeding the inner man, your spirit man. Your spirit man now begins to grow stronger and stronger. Stronger and stronger. Stronger and stronger. So the next thing, that thing comes on the TV again. And you start watching. And then the Holy Spirit will nudge you. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Righteous people don't watch this. And the devil also says, oh, watch it, watch it. It's nice. It's nice. That, that, that's a, no, but stay there, stay there. Stay in understanding what Christ has done for you on the cross. Are you following me? So, whilst the devil is speaking to you, watch. You keep saying, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Your flesh says, watch, watch. The Holy Spirit says, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Now, what are you doing? You are gradually feeding your spirit. Gradually. You keep watching. Keep watching. Keep gossiping. Keep swearing. Are you following me? Just keep doing that, but keep confessing, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ in me, the hope of glory. What are you doing? You are feeding the spirit being also. Before you realize, it's just a matter of time. Your spirit man will overpower the flesh, and then when that thing comes on the TV again, you don't want to watch. Because now the spirit has taken over the flesh. Do you see how it works? But you see, this is the challenge in the church. We have put human laws and human rules. This is why in this church, we don't look at you. We look at the Christ in you. It's not you doing the work. Even Jesus said, it's not me doing the work, but my father that is in me. Are you getting this? It's not you. I mean, it's not. I mean, look, they brought a woman caught in the very act to Jesus. The holy God. The holy Jesus. Jesus said, woman, I don't condemn you. So why are you condemning yourself? Why are you being legalistic? Why, why have we put human laws in the church? Why are we being legalistic? Now we know this is England. We know this is England. We know the challenges in England. Are you following what I'm saying? That's why many people don't want pastors to visit them because, you know, we all have our, our bleating goats in our houses. You know what a bleating goat is? Saul, when he was told to go and kill everything, he brought some bleating goats and said, I'm sacrificing it to the Lord. But God said, no, that's not what I want. He said, oh, pastor, oh, you know, your bleating goat might be a man hidden in the house. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. It might be a man hidden in the house. You don't want nobody to see. Your bleating goat might be some gene. Gene, white gene is hiding in the cupboard. 
when we come, the first thing we see is that Jesus, but irrespective of all those little bleating goats, God still wants you to come just as you are because the more you come, you see some of us, when we live here today, we are going to have some bleating goats. The first thing we get home is we open that popping champagne and do a little bit. It don't matter. You keep doing it and keep confessing, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. And before you realize, the next thing the devil brings that bleating goat, he says, oh no, I've gone past this. I am not matured. I am not older than all glory. Are you getting this? Are you getting this, church? The same spirit of Christ that raised him up is in you. Irrespective of your weaknesses, God says, I've put that spirit in you. (laughs) But you see, many of you don't know what's in you. Instead of having waging victory with the spirit of God in you, you are snoring with it. You are snoring in gears. This spirit is in you. It's like driving a car that have eight gears. And you always drive and you get to six gears. Not knowing there are two more extra gears. You're damaging the car. There are eight more gears. There are more speed you can go. But because you don't know what Jesus did for you, you think, oh, there's only six gears. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Why don't we release our faith? Say with me, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Oh, say it again like you mean. Say, I am the righteousness righteousness of God God in Christ. Christ. That's who you are. What your mind tells you you are is not who you are. Your mind is deceiving. It's playing games on you. Your mind is playing games on you. Are you listening? Your mind is playing games on you. That's why we come before the mirror of the word. So you can see what's inside of you. When you stand before the mirror, the mirror reveals your true nature. This morning when you got up, dressed up nicely, you looked into the mirror before you came to church. The mirror reflected what you had on you. If there was something on your face, you you took it off. If your makeup is not squared, you square it out. Are you following what I'm saying? That's what the word does. The word is a mirror. It's a perfect law of liberty. Not, not a law of bondage. It's a perfect law of what? Liberty. So when you look into the mirror, the mirror liberates you. It frees you. It tells you what Christ has done for you. Hallelujah. So the question we want to ask is who is covered in this redemption package? Who? Who and who did Jesus die for? Did Jesus just select a few and died for them? And for them to say, 
we are there 144,000 who are only going to go to heaven. <laughs> Jesus didn't die for a selected few. Now, if, okay, let's not go there now. Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. Let's look at who this redemption package covers. Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. It says, And they sang a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by your blood out of every kindred, every tongue, every people, and every nation. So guess what? We're all covered in this redemption. Every kingdom, every, every tongue, every kindred, every tongue, every people, and every nation. Covered. They said, oh, but pastor, I was not there. God is a futuristic God. He took care of your future before you showed up. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. So we are all covered now. This insurance covers all of us. It's a comprehensive insurance. Anything that happens, you are covered. Anything that happens, you are what? Covered. Fully covered. Because there is nothing more powerful than the blood of Jesus. What can wipe away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. There's nothing so powerful. That's why the Bible says Jesus entered once. The other high priests, they were doing it every year. But Jesus, when he showed up, he did it once. He sacrificed his own blood once. And that was it forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Your sacrifices can't change anything is done. Oh, oh, I have to go and let them whip me a bit. Nobody needs to whip you. He paid for you 2,000 years ago. Oh, I have to go and pray sinner's prayer to uh, somebody in a box somewhere. No, 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 no. That person in that box has his own sins. Your sins was taken care of by Jesus 2,000 years ago. I'm messing your theology. That's why you're not responding. I said, oh, what's pastor saying? Is he giving us license to sin? You know you don't need license to sin. The thing is, you're already doing it. So why do you need a license to do it? You're already doing it. You need a license to be liberated. And that's what I'm teaching. Not man-made tradition, not, not the ideas or concepts or philosophies of a man, but what Christ has done for us. Listen, this redemption package covered you and I. So you are covered. Amen. Say with me, I am covered. I am covered. Oh, say it again, say I am, covered. I am covered. So if the devil knocks on your door tomorrow, what do you say? Knock, 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 knock. Open the door. What do you tell the devil? Full, comprehensive. 
is more than what comprehensive. <laughs> this is still good. I am covered. You can come, you can come near this address. I am covered, devil. If it's got deaf ears, you need to shout it into his ears. Tell him, I'm covered. The blood of Jesus took care of it for me 2,000 years ago. Quickly, as we get ready to close, five vital truths about the redemption of Christ for humanity. Five vital truths. There are more, but I can only share five with you. Number one, the redemption freed us from condemnation. Say amen to that. Say a good amen to that. The redemption freed us from what? Condemnation. That's one of the challenges of the modern day Christian. Condemnation. We're always condemning ourselves. Isn't God, isn't God a God who sometimes he does things and you wonder, is this God? God has a great sense of humor. God has a great sense of humor. David goes to kill one of his loyal associates, uh, uh, kill his loyal associate, took the wife, no, took the wife before, when the wife became pregnant, killed the man, schemed for the man to be killed. And then God said, well, because of this sin, you're going to pay for it. The child died. And then another child was born out of that same relationship called Solomon. And then God says, all the people that you had out of legal, legal marriage, they are not going to be king over the throne. I'm going to use Solomon. Does it make sense to you? How can God use a baby out of wedlock, out of sin, to make him king and give him wisdom that you don't even have a quarter of. That's God. That's God. That's his ways. As for the Lord, all his ways are perfect. You might not understand it, but that's how he works. That's why I tell people, listen, I mean, my father married four women. I came out of the third marriage. I came out of the third marriage. I don't condemn my dad. I thank God that he married four. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's not a license for you to go marry four now. But I thank God my dad married four. Why? Because I came from the third. If you are not married for, I'll be stuck somewhere. And you will not be blessed now. Are you following what I'm saying? As for the Lord, all his ways are perfect. That's why I will dedicate any child born in wedlock, out of wedlock, in the moon or in the sky. You see, there are, some, there are some churches who don't understand what Christ has done for us. Even Jesus, he didn't have an earthly father. Even Jesus, he didn't have an earthly father. 
Are you following what I'm saying? So if somebody comes and they've, they have a child now, stop, stop pointing fingers. Stop pointing fingers. Stop condemning them. Because this redemption covers all of us. Sinners or non-sinners. You also have your own issue. Why don't you think about your own issue? You've got your own issue. You've got your own issue. You are only thinking about the woman with the issue of blood. Yes, she has already acknowledged that if I may but touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. But you have not made any effort. You are surrounding Jesus with your issue, pretending you are nice. You ain't nice. You are not nice. You are not nice. You know you are not nice. You know you are horrible. You know you are... Okay, let me... Okay, okay, okay. Okay now, okay now, okay now, okay now. We've all got issues. You snore, I don't snore. It's an issue. I don't snore, it's an issue. You snore, it's an issue. Now I cannot use my issue to judge your issue. Glory be to God. That's why this church is open to all. The gates of this church is open to all. Sinners, non-sinners, they are all welcome. Why are you condemning people? Why are you condemning them? When the day you think about condemning someone, think, I came from the third marriage. <laughs> marriage number three. Thank God for my father. He had the wisdom to marry four women. <laughs> but in my case, I'm only married to one woman. Glory be to God. Just one is enough for me. Hallelujah. How can a man seriously go marry four women, though? Or a thousand women? Well, in this day and age, one is more than enough. <laughs> Just one, just one alone is more than enough. Are you getting me? <laughs> well, what is how can you manage two? <laughs> I don't know how, how Solomon managed a thousand. I've always calculated how long Solomon lived for and calculated how he managed the thousand. It doesn't add up. <laughs> He does <laughs> Are you following me? Even if it's one a day, we don't have thousand days in a year. Eh? Even if, if he does one a day. <laughs> you don't have you don't have a you don't have a thousand a thousand days in a year. Was able to get, take care of all these women. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the redemption freed us from condemnation. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. It says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are where? Which are where? Which are where? In Christ Jesus. 
who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. That's the answer right there. We are in Christ Jesus. We do not walk after the flesh, but we walk after the spirit. In other words, our pursuit in life is after the spirit, not after the flesh. Sometimes the flesh will show up a little bit here and there, but, but let the flesh know that the spirit of God is inside of you. Verse 2, it says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Say a good amen to that. Hallelujah. Number two. Oh, quickly, let me finish the first one. Now, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 to 16. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Now, this is for you to understand that there is no condemnation to all of us who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14 to 16 says, Seeing then that we have a high priest, a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Do you understand what the Bible is saying? The Bible is saying that, listen, this our high priest, Jesus Christ, he can be touched with our infirmity. He understands what you're going through. Right. He's been there before. Amen. Jesus went to a house and a lady, a prostitute, came and broke an alabaster box on him. And then the woman started using her hair to wipe his feet. Huh? Jesus, I'm sure, had some chemical reactions <laughs> because he's a man. Yeah. The Bible says that having, having, he, he, you know, he cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but he was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Jesus was tempted. So when that woman was wiping the legs with the hair, he was feeling some, some feelings. The first day I hugged my wife, I felt electric. I said, ooh, ooh, hi. I said, from there, I cannot hug you anymore, sister. Sister, hello, handshake, bye-bye, see you later. No. The temptation in itself is not a sin. The act of committing the temptation is what makes it a sin. I said, oh, pastor, I'm tempted. When I come to the church, I see women. You want to see, you want to see what? Men like trees? Right in the church, you are tempted. But it's okay, keep coming. The Spirit of God will work on you. There's temptation everywhere. The billboards, there's temptation. These days, afternoon TV, before you realize they flash some things on your face, you say, oh Lord, help me. Before you realize, where's the remote? You've seen the thing. Because, you know, before, before, when they are going to do these things, they will play soft music. Killing me softly, me softly. They'll play this music. But now they can be played Jamain, Bob Marley, Jamain. Before you realize that thing has happened. One second, it's like, oh no. Sometimes when I'm watching the movie, I'm there and I'm sleeping. And I said, no, because sometimes they even put on the, the ratings on the, on the movie. They said, it's okay. But before you realize, 
There's no movie. Even the cartoons now. Even cartoons. Even cartoons are kissing. <laughs> so you and I have nowhere. And in this sense, we see them every day. We see them every time. So you can't even leave your children to watch these things. The cartoons, you cannot. Because it's there, it's everywhere. So why do you think we will not be tempted? The temptation is everywhere. It's everywhere. Jesus went through all these temptations yet without sin. Verse 16 of Hebrews chapter 4. It says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Look at that. If we are sinners, how can we come boldly? He said, let us come boldly. Number two, I think we'll close here and then I'll continue the rest next week. Number two, the redemption made us kings and priests to reign on earth. The redemption made us kings and priests to reign here on earth. Revelation chapter 5 verse 10. Revelation chapter 5 verse 10. The Bible says that, and he has made unto us our God kings and priests and we shall reign here on earth. We have been made kings and priests to reign where? Here on earth. In other words, sin can't reign over you. Nothing can rule over you. The devil can reign over you. You and I have been made kings and priests to rule here on earth and not only that, to reign here on earth. That's why Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 4, the Bible says that where the, king, where the word of a king is, there is power. So you have to know who you are in Christ Jesus. You have to know that you have been redeemed as a priest and a king. And as a king, you have power. You can tell the devil, get thee behind me, Satan. You have power. Psalm 103, verse 20. Now, please understand, because we are kings and priests, as kings, we have power. Our power is released through our words. And every time we release our words, we have servants that go to work on our behalf. You'll never see a king doing what he has said he wants to do. He has subjects who operate on his behalf, who work for him. Now, in our kingdom, we also have subjects. The angels are our subjects. That's what Psalm 103 verse 20, it says, bless the Lord, O ye angels, that excel in strength. The angels that we have, they excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. So every time you release the word, angels go to work on your behalf because you are a king and you are a priest. Take on your role, who you are. You are a king. That's why as a king, the way you dress is important. You can't be a king and you have earrings. You can't be a king and you are walking and your pants are down. No. No, you can't be a king. Now, listen to me. I'm not saying this to condemn anyone, but we have to understand who we are. We have been redeemed as kings and priests. So dress like it. You say, oh, I don't have any clothes. Dress where you are now in anticipation to where you are going. In this church, I used to wear one suit for four years. One suit. One suit every Sunday. 
for four years. Every Sunday when I come, one suit. One suit, one suit. One day God blessed me with another one. And then when I came, one of the members said, Oh, today you are wearing a new suit. <laughs> I didn't know that she was noticing that I was wearing one suit for four years. I said in my mind, if you, when you notice I was wearing one suit, why didn't you buy me another? <laughs> Nobody will condemn you for what you're wearing. Are you following what I'm saying? But dress ready for where you are going. Let's understand this. Once we understand what Christ has done for us, we walk in that liberty. No condemnation. Amen. Understanding who you are. Chest out. Nobody can put you down. Because I'm a king. And I'm a priest. When I release words, angels go and work on my behalf. So you start sending your angels. Angels, bring me joy today. No depression in my life. Angels, bring me happiness today. Glory be to God. You see, you have to understand how the kingdom operates. Once you get this, you're on a path to excel in your Christian work. In Jesus' name. Did you receive it? Thank you so much for taking time to listen to The Solution Word by Pastor Adama Segbeji. For prayer or further details, please call us on 01293-885000. Or why not visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Solution, Barnfield Road, Northgate, Crawley, RH10, 8HQ. Your experience at Solution is sure to be a time of great blessing. Solution, bringing hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations.